hands towards her and just bless her. Lord, thank you for the gift of Sandra. Lord, just in so many ways that she can't even comprehend, she's blessed us and blessed us and blessed us again. And we just thank you for this special window where we can, we can just, just sit and receive the treasure that you've poured into her. So we just bless her again to be at home, that this is family. And, and because of that, she is free, free as a child of God, just to be who she is and to allow, allow your spirit to bless the authenticity of that and, and, and to spill over onto all of us. So we commit this time to you, Lord. Empower her speaking, empower our hearing. In Jesus' name, amen. So do you want to use this? I'm using this because apparently when I have the lapel one, I'm a little too quiet. So I'm going to try to talk. I should talk at Gordy's level. But I don't think I have quite the same level of excitement. All right. Um, so today I'm going to remind us of being in our bodies and... Um, give you a chance to, I'm not going to talk a ton, we're going to do some more experiential, so I'm going to give that message to you again. Um, so Gordy's been talking about the false self, and um, uh, I learned this prayer called the welcoming prayer, I don't know, a few years ago, and I found it really helpful for, um, I think, exactly what it says in the bulletin, to kind of undercut our false selves, and um, I think our false self is... Um, it's kind of an abstract concept, and so it's hard to kind of know how you're attacking that. And I think it's um, it's obviously a work that we do with God, and it's a kind of a roundabout way that we have to kind of get at it, I think. Um, so I'm just going to talk a little bit about, just kind of intro a little bit, the, the welcoming prayer, and then I just have a little handout. And then um, we'll do that. So... Um, yeah, I think listening to Gordy talk about the false self um, and the true self, it, it is sort of abstract, and so, um, but the they are real concepts, and they're they're um, they're real in us, and they're they're kind of seen in our choices. So they actually have life, and they are active in us. And um, the idea kind of comes from Thomas Merton. And um, which sort of came a little bit from Freud and, you know, the id, superego, all that stuff. But um, uh, Thomas Merton kind of really opened it up to current spirituality. That's where we get it from. And he describes it as sort of like the mask that we're born into, um, as sort of a reality of being kind of out of the atom state that we're in. And... Um, it's a mask that's masking our true selves, and it's a mask that we build and establish as an identity in the world, and it kind of operates in the external world, and it's kind of made up of the roles that we take on and that gets formed around, you know, things being conditionally loved and brokennesses of our own childhood and things to kind of protect us from other, you know, things that happen in our lives, um, things. So it kind of, and it, because we've kind of got it from birth and from our sort of fallen state, if you want to say, um, it's kind of sneaky and it's hard to see. And it's, um, 
and it's not just sort of um, sort of all the bad stuff you do, kind of. Um, so it's um, it's kind of an illusion that needs we need God's revelation to actually see and to revelation to see our own true selves as well. Um, and uh, um, Thomas Keating talks of it kind of like a cage, or so that our true self is sort of needs to be set free. So there's kind of different metaphors to kind of understand that and. Um, the fell self, importantly, is that it's a dead thing. Um, it's not what's alive in Christ. Um, our true self is what's alive in Christ. And so when, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I preached about um, holiness. when We did that beautiful, God, good and beautiful God or whatever. And sort of the idea of the wrath, the wrath that we may experience in life is on the false self. Because God is in love with the true self and he's jealous for the true self and that's the thing he wants to see set free and so his holiness loves our good our true self and the false self is the thing that we're enslaved in that's egypt um and so i think sometimes it is helpful to think of the false self how it feels kind of like um because it is an abstract concept so it's it's the part of us that feels compulsion it's a part of us that feels trapped it's the part of us that feels like striving and perfection it's a voice that says you know it's not enough you're not enough for god this isn't quite enough um it's the part that avoids ambiguity and mystery and the unknown um and it's the part of us that is sort of in a sense it's always in a sense in competition with the other and also um the part of you that um you know, uses, how we use other people to fulfill things that um, other people aren't meant to fulfill. And the part of us that wants to be the God in our own lives and um, kind of do our own salvation project or be, or be the God in other people's lives and being the one who knows what other people need. And that. So that's kind of what the false self sort of feels like. Um, and... Um, I think where you uh, where we see it in scripture because it's obviously it's not like these these words aren't exactly in scripture is um, when Paul says that I do the things I don't want to do I do the things I hate um, but if I do those things it's no longer me who does them so the me I think is the true self and the false self is that is the false self that's in sin it's it's compels you to do what you even when you see what you want to do and you're doing the other thing. Um, and um, I think it is definitely the self that Jesus talks about when he says, if you try to keep your life, you will lose it. And when you lose your life, you will gain it. So if you lose your false self, if you let that die, Jesus, that's the message of the cross, is that your true self is reborn That's the and, and freed. And, and that's what Jesus' project is in you. Um, is that freeing? Um, so, um, there's this great quote from um, Lady Julian of Norwich that I really love. And um, it says, first there is the fall, and then we recover from the fall, and both are the mercy of God. And so, the false self, obviously, is the thing we're trying to strip away. But I think, in a sense, it is the seed God allows us so that we have something to die for from, you know what I mean? It's the thing where we get to, by letting that die, we get to see new life. And so God is in both things, and and he knows our struggle with those things. I think that's, 
you know, Jesus knows our weaknesses. And so I think the false self is um, something that obviously causes us a lot of anguish and suffering. We long, I think we have a, a longing to come home to our true selves. It's the thing that is in God that's hidden and we're looking for and longing for. And so to be separated from that is a pain in our lives and a, and a source of anguish and despair. Um, but I think it's not helpful to sort of be mad at this false self or that you're trapped in it or to be ashamed or to feel guilty about it or, or um, impatient or frustrated. That I think that, that just gives you two things to be working on, the false self and then your negative feelings and judgment about the false self. I think it's just something that we just submit to Christ and um, let sort of his light shine on and... Um, and, uh, and so then that kind of feels like being in a fire <laughs> or wrestling, right? That the false self is deceitful. Um, I think of the false self kind of like um, a cockroach. <laughs> like it's a thing that when you put the light on, it, it runs. And it's like really hard to kill it because it's got this like crazy shell on it. It's like... There was a time I was in Kenya, and I came into my bedroom in the night, and I turned on the light, and there's this cockroach that scuttled away. And I was like, I can't go to sleep knowing it's there. I can't rest knowing that thing is in there. And it took me like an hour to fight this thing to death, to kill this thing, because it's so fast. And, um, and its shell was so hard, and it really required a lot of smacking this thing to kill it. So I kind of think of the false self as that little cockroach scuttling from the light um, with a really hard shell. And, um, and I think in the church sometimes it's hard to see the false self because the false self can also look really spiritual. I think it's a part of it that says, um, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, separate myself from the world and just, you know, soak into, you know, private prayer and blah, blah, blah. So it, and, um, and I think it, the, pri- the false self wants that privacy. It wants to not have other people being able to see it. And um, so it's important, I think, to think that know that the true self is not um, the true self is um, is the is not just concerned with the invisible and the spiritual. The true self is the part of you that is engaged with others and is in relationship and does actions that look like love. And the true self is the part that's engaged with Christ and. Um, so it's not just sort of an overly spiritual internal part of you. It's the true self expresses itself in the world. And um, I think that's when Jesus says, you know, to be in the world and not of the world. He wants you to be in the world, in your true self, loving the world, not separated away being spiritual. Um, I think that's just another way for the false self to hide. Um, so, uh, Yeah. I think that's about what I have to say about that. I wrote my notes in a very confusing way with arrows pointing in different directions. Um, yeah. Um, uh, there we go. That's the one thing I did want to say. Um, so in the false self, you're in sort of a state of denial and disconnection from your true self, your disconnection from others, your ability to have compassion for others. You're disconnected from God. And um, it's really hard to see where you're in denial. I mean, that's just sort of the 
the way it is. And um, so not only do we kind of have to let ourselves go into the light of letting God examine our hearts and minds, but I think community is, is what's really helpful. I, um, it's pretty easy to sit in, in your home and feel really spiritual about things and feel like you've really got it figured out. And, you know, um, but community is a really good place to sort of um, be able to express your true self, but also it's a place that other people can see. It's way easier for us sometimes for other people to see what um, is false. And, and even if they can't put their, you know, words to that, people can sense that, I think, from us. And so I think we need to be in community to do this. Salvation isn't by itself, even just you and God. It is all of us together walking together and, and carrying each other. And so, um, yeah, so... That is what I have to say about that. Um, so the welcoming prayer, um, I have all this written out so you can take it home. Um, the welcoming prayer is a method of consenting to God's presence and God's action in our physical and emotional reactions to events and situations in daily life. Um, the purpose of the welcoming prayer is to deepen our relationship to God with God through consenting to him and his action in ordinary activities. Um, the welcoming prayer helps to dismantle the emotional programs of the false self-system and to heal the wounds of a lifetime by addressing them where they are stored in the body. Um, and it helps us to make free choices. That's the false self is like the slavery in Egypt. It is, it's, you're not making, it may feel like choices, but it is compulsion. It is not free choices. Um, and so the welcoming prayer kind of helps pull that false self into the light and, and, um, and helps bring that before God. And um, it was developed by a lady named Mary Mrozokowski. I'm not quite sure to say that quite right, but um, a founder of the Contemplative Outreach, one of the founders, um, based on teachings from um, Pierre de Costeau and... Um, Thomas Keating, and, and also just her own experiences with wrestling with the false self. Um, and she describes it as a radically loving, faith-filled, faith-filled gesture that we can make in each moment of our day, um, and that it's an open-hearted embrace of all that's in ourselves and in the world. Um, so the welcoming prayer targets sort of I, I think if you thought it all through, you, I probably couldn't come up with sort of the more, this is like the basic things that the false self is driving for. It's driving for security and safety. It's driving for power and control um, in your life and other people's lives. It's driving for approval and affection and esteem. And it's got a driving desire to change, which I think is, um, I know that we talk about God changing us and um, change has always kind of rubbed me a bit the wrong way because obviously we do need to change but I think it's that kind of makes it feel like maybe God doesn't accept our whole selves and I think God does accept our whole selves so what needs more the, the sense of changing is more I think that freeing that true, true self being freed he's not displeased with who you are in fact God is completely well, your true self is completely what is in complete communion with God. That's the part that's not separate. And the false self is the self that he doesn't know. So kind of like that, um, I think there's that parable about 
where he says, you know, like, they come to the, the virgins with the lamps. Is that the one where um, he says, like, I do not know you. It's the false self. God doesn't know because he doesn't reside with that self. He resides with your true self. Um, and um, uh, the, these security and safety, power and control, approval, affection, esteem, um, the, when I heard about the welcoming prayer, I thought, you know, every single one of those things, there are verses that speak to all of those things. So I don't think the desire, so what we're going to, in the prayer, you relinquish the desire for security and safety and, and power and control, etc. And I don't think that it's not that we don't have needs for those things, um, but I think the problem is when we try to secure those things for ourselves. And um, there's actually, I've listed a few verses here, like, on the side of this page here, um, but there are so many verses actually that speak to that God knows that we need those things and he provides for us security and safety and he provides power and control in that uh, we can submit to him and be totally trusting that he's always for us and going to exert his power and control in a way that is always for us and never um, in a fearful way. And there are tons of verses about God's approval and affection and esteem for us. And there are lots of verses about how it's God who makes the changes in us. We are, we're not able to pinpoint all the things that need changing. And if we dig around trying to look for all the bad stuff for all the wounds of our child and try to put those all out, it can make you a little bit crazy. Um, so we have to let God transform us. And I think our whole role is just to be in submission, just to be willing to do that with Jesus. So I've written all these verses out. I'm not going to like read them all, but um, yeah, I think God knows that we need these things, and He provides them. So the problem is if yeah we're wrestling these things from others and trying to get them from life and or trying to fulfill them in our own selves. So yeah, not that we don't need these things. Um, so that's it. That's it for intro. Um, I'm going to let us just experience it. Um, and so um, the welcoming prayer, actually I'll handle this sheet and then it tells you sort of the method. Um, it's we kind of breathe, experience some silence, and we're not trying to clear our minds. Um, it's not sort of Zen meditation. Um, it's actually becoming present and aware of our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts, the commentaries in our mind, um, and the commentaries in our body. So it's actually just becoming present to those things and welcoming the indwelling spirit into those things. Um, yeah. I'll hand it out.
Is this still on? Um, I think there was a wee bit of technical difficulties on the printing. Matt and I did this together as a chaotic little exercise yesterday. <laughs> um, so it should say the welcoming prayer on one side, and then the second side should start with, um, I let go of the desire to change in the verses. But I see that some copies have both. So there are enough copies, I think, of the proper format. So if you have one that's not, I can switch that out or we can switch it out. We're good? Um, all right. So, um, yeah, I'm really big into experiential things. It's, it's way better just for you to experience it than me to talk about it. So, um, yeah, and then maybe we can just, if there's a moment, we can people can just give feedback about it, what it feels like to go through this process. Um, but, yeah, I find this prayer just so helpful for letting go. Just It kind of, just like I said, gets to the core of the false self. I also have found this prayer really helpful when life just feels like, oh, my goodness, I don't know what to pray. Like, I just have no words for it. And... Um, when life feels really hard or confusing, I found this prayer also super helpful during those times. Um, yeah. So I want to just give us um, a moment to just breathe and, as it says, to focus, to feel, and to sink into the feelings, emotions, thoughts, sensations, and commentaries in your body. So we're not trying to silence those. We're actually just paying them attention. And just if you cannot... It's ideal if you cannot judge it. Like, it's not good or bad. It's, I wish it wasn't here or not. It just is. So we're just going to let what's there be there. And then we're welcoming the Holy Spirit into those things. So I'll just maybe give us a few minutes of quiet to do that. Just kind of breathe those nice deep breaths and welcome the Spirit.
right. Um, so now, just quietly in your mind, um, pray that, welcome the Holy Spirit into your desire for security and safety, and just submit that. I let go of the desire for security and safety. I'll just give you a minute to do that one. Now welcome the Holy Spirit into desire for power and control and pray, I let go of the desire for power and control. Now welcome the spirit into the desire for approval, affection, and esteem. And pray I let go of the desire for approval, affection, and esteem. And now let's welcome the Holy Spirit into the desire to change. And pray I let go of the desire to change.
All right. There's your first welcoming prayer done. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm reminded doing it again that um, what I wrote here um, is um, that uh, I think the reason we go we go into our body to because that's where knowing is, and um, because that's where Jesus really is is in our flesh, and um, that is. Uh, you can't convince yourself that you don't need these things. It's that's. It's really not an intellectual exercise, because um, I know when I first prayed these things, and still when I pray them, um, I feel like, but I really need these things. You know, there's still a part of me that feels like that. And um, and, but the true self really dwells in a sense of peace and in security, knowing that that these things are just in God. You being in him, these things are all a part of who you are. They're all given. And they're already all given. And so it is not an intellectual exercise. It is just a coming into a knowing. And when we're in our bodies, that's where we can actually start to experience that knowing. We're not going to know it in our heads. We're going to know it at our body level, at our spirit level. And, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to ask anybody if they were willing to just say what it felt like to do that prayer. What that experience felt like. Oh, yeah. If anyone wants to share what that felt like. I know for me, when I first did this prayer, it felt like uh, like impossible. Like, I was just like, I'm so never going to be able to let go of these things. <laughs> um, and... Um, uh, and I can feel at the level of my body, I especially felt that at the very first time I ever did, it was just this sense of resistance, and it's in my body, like, ah, I really need these things, and, you know, some of them really feel like really super important, like, of course I need to be loved and esteemed, or of course I need to be safe and secure, um, and so it felt really hard to let these go, um, and that's why I'm still praying this prayer, um, so, yeah, I don't know, does anyone else have what that felt like? I'll say it after Karen. Here's what she says. Yeah, so for the podcast, Karen said that, yeah, her heart started to have a sense of racing and felt like, yeah, I do know these, do need these things, and there is resistance. Yeah, that that's totally normal, and but knowing that that is, they are things we need, and God is going to give them, and has given them, has given them to us. Anybody else? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the last part, it said, I let go of the desire to change. It was a little bit surprising to see because mm-hmm. I always felt like having that desire to 
Yeah, so yeah, there's definitely anxiety that comes up and and sort of like, oh, I need to keep control over that, I need to keep control of my thoughts. Um, and yeah, I think the desire to change is kind of a, um, a bit surprising because I think we do. It's, it's a lot of culture in our, our church, that kind of language, not our church, the church, of, yeah, well, God, isn't he changing this and he's changing that? But um I kind of think of the verse from Paul, like, learn to be content in all things, right? That there are so many things that are actually out of our control, and it makes us kind of crazy to try to control other people and ourselves and everything that's going on inside us. Um, yeah, and and that sort of, we are definitely, part of wholeness is psychological healing, but all, sometimes psychological, that trying to, like I said, dig dig for everything that might be wrong is not, I don't think it's a sort of misdirected activity that can make you kind of crazy. Yeah. Anybody else? Mark? Who want to listen to this? So, could we? Do we have enough rope, Dean? Yeah. So let's just. I'll be Donahue here and. Yeah, our, our kids' workers and people that take in the podcast, it really helps. Uh, yeah, now that I have a mic in my hand, this is a lot more embarrassing, but I have a completely different experience from most of the ones that other people are reporting. Um, I didn't feel anxious. In fact, uh, I got a deep sense of calm, and I got an image for each one of the four things and they're really weird because they're not related to anything they're just like feeling images it's weird it makes no sense but I'll just say it since I'm already here Uh, for the desire to let go of uh, security and safety I got this image of uh, of like a like a deep viscous honey substance with like bubbles or bits in it that was spreading apart. It was bizarre, like I tell you. For the uh, power and control, I got, um, (laughs) weirdly, I got an image of a cartoon cat being sucked down a drain. For I let go of the desire for approval, affection, and esteem, I got uh, a purple light underneath doors and behind cracks peeking out and then being transformed into a solid purple gem, which is weird, but there you go. And for I let go of the desire uh, to change, I got the image of being underwater looking up at uh, a rudder of a ship. I have no idea what any of that means. And that's okay. Yeah, I think those are great. That is so cool. Thanks for being like willing to share stuff that seems so random. Um, but uh, I think those totally speak to 
these things in a way. Like each one of those things in my mind matches, but I kind of have that sort of brain that thinks metaphorically like that. But um, yeah, I think security and safety, like viscous, you know, I thought of just like uh, the promised land is the land of milk and honey, right? That we are really held in something thick and sticky like honey. And, and it's, um, we're never going to shed the, the covering that Christ puts over us like that is secure and safe forever. And um, uh, what was the power and control one? Cartoon cat, yeah. I thought of like um, Tom and Jerry and just the like insane level of power and control both of them were always fighting to have over the other. And um, just like how God can just suck that away. Like it is, it seems like such a difficult thing to let go of, but like God is totally God. Like that, I'm mean, one of the verses I have of that, right? For power and control is that the heavens are yours, the earth is yours, everything in the world is yours. Even your desire, our desires for, like, irrepressible desires for these things, God just, like, they're done. They're his, right? Um, approval, affection, esteem. I, purple is, like, the royal color. It's, it's, um, we are gems. Like, we are, like, diadems in the Lord's hand. And, um, and he's, that light, these things that they, they we get these shafts, we get these pieces, and it's all going to, it's all gonna um, like get pushed together and be ours. Like we are so gonna one time hold these things like they're ours. Like they're gems that'll be ours, unshakable, unbreakable. And um, desire to change. I mean, God has got. He's in your boat, and he's he's turning the rudder. Right, he's moving where it's going. And um, our lives are a whole lot less difficult if we can just. Just let go. Let them. Let them steer the ship. Um. Right there, you go. A mighty ship is steered by a small rudder. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Thanks, you guys. That's cool. That was really good, Mark. Thanks. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I hope this prayer is. To me, it is like a sacred practice, and I really hope that it actually, like I said, it's great for this false self. It's great when you don't have words for prayers it's great when things feel so out of control and life is difficult or confusing so i hope that it actually helps you guys or in times like that wow thank you Sandra. wow So um, God does incredible things sometimes. So during worship, I had a very clear image of a tiger pacing in a cage, being trapped. And she preaches about being trapped in a cage. And God clearly said to me, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. Let your heart not be troubled, nor let it be afraid. And then he said to me, you know, that the cage of the tiger is not their natural environment. So being in the state of fear, feeling trapped, is not our natural state. It is not what God intended for you. And when we did this practice, um, I've come out of a background of great depravity and abuse as a child. And so when you ask me to give away, my, like to, to release my security and being in control, everything me goes, ah! 
And then I look at the tiger, it has my face on it. It has your face on it. It has all of our faces on it in one way or another. We are pacing a cage of our own entrapment. And God says, not my way, not your environment. Yeah, thanks, Rose. I think I feel like I have a different half of that in an experience I had in relationships with other people. And that was I was trying to control my relationships with other people because I needed them to be the way I needed them to be. And in the case, this was of my first husband, of just really needing him to be a certain way. And God showed me a picture once of him being in a cage and me standing there with the keys on the outside. And it was up to me to put the key in and let him free or not. So I just feel like if there's anyone here too who maybe feels like that's where you are and you're trying to control other people and it's impacting your relationships, then I'd love to pray with you about that part. Awesome. Thank you, Karen. So we, we really value uh, praying into points where God has spoken to us as a church and to not just run away. Remember Jesus talked about that parable of the soil and the sower and some seed falls and it, and it can be taken away by the birds pretty fast, right? Just life and distractions. So it's good to just water. If, if you just sense the Holy Spirit put... Uh, God's finger on something in your heart and you just know there's more going on. Just notice those things that are going on that maybe came through these words or just through the, the welcoming prayer exercise or something that was shared in worship or, or the word today. Just turn to somebody that you trust or if you're not sure who to have pray for you, uh, we'll be here at the front. We're willing to pray for you. Some of us who are elders and, and leaders in the church or prayer team members. Um, it's just a really, really important time. And we have a few minutes before kids, kids sign up. Thank you, Sandra. That, that was quite a remarkable interpretation you gave there. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in my whole life. So, uh, Mark, some journaling to do there maybe, or just to kind of make note. That's pretty powerful. But what's beautiful is it just transcends the mind and goes to the heart. That's what I love about this kind of stuff. I'd just like to say, Mark, I think you have a hidden gift of poetry and artistic that's been suppressed. Because uh, all those beautiful images, they are very poetic. And as Sandra said, they're metaphorical. So I just release the gift of art to street to you. <clears throat> also, I felt I know myself, I suffer from acute stress in my heart when I get anxious. And I think, I don't know who told me, it was uh, the second migraine center. Sometimes you get migraine. I get migraine headaches if I get too anxious. <clears throat> so I'm, it's a lifelong journey for me to learn how to rest and relax because I have a tendency to do a lot of things. <laughs> so I just felt that come on me again, uh, not when Sandra was leading us, but right now. So I'm wondering if that might be a word of knowledge that some of you do anticipate do experience the um, anxiousness that comes and it hits you right here and maybe you have experienced it in the past and I know that I have to do deep breathing, I actually even have to do swimming, I have to do massage, so if you experience that or have, have that, I'd like to be able to pray with you too.
Thank you, Kathleen. You should have just stayed up here. I know. <laughs> I, I really feel that, Mark, it's, it's beyond um, a gift. It's the prophetic. And I feel like God wants me to say this publicly because the prophetic, this is a teaching moment for all of us, the prophetic when we are in prayer and these pictures come, that the doubt that rises up in us is our flesh and it's the, the enemy. And we are to trust those images and we are to put them out there um, to test them. And just because you have an image doesn't mean it's God. But as we test them and we share them, then that allows somebody with an interpretive gift to be able to say, this is what I see. And Sandra had it, and I had it to understand, you know, the rudder. I had the scripture verse right there. And so I want to release that prophetic amongst you, Mark. I say in Jesus' name, it is your gift. God has given it to you and that he is going to teach you. And there are other people here that, oh, I just really see it. There are other people here. God wants to move in gifts in you. And he's going to bring teachers into your lives to move in his gifts. There's so much more than the prophetic in tongues. And there's the gift of teaching. There is the gift of knowledge. There's the gift of the apostolic. There is that gift of leadership. And God is releasing people right now in their gifts, in the spirit. And I say, come, Holy Spirit, come and release these gifts. And where there is fear, where there is a background that has said, no, 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 God says, yes, 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 yes. Because he says, who are you to tell me what your gifts are going to be? He is God, and he is going to teach you how to use those gifts here in our midst so that we can truly glorify him. And as Rose was sharing that, Mark, I want you to turn around. I want you to look at the window. Can you see it there? The sun just broke through, and there was just a shining. And I hear the Lord just saying that it's time to rise and shine. Your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The darkness that you've experienced is passing, and the light is dawning in your life. So we just bless Mark. We thank you, Lord, for your hand on him. We know you've called him, and we just ask in Jesus' name that you would fulfill these words, and that thank you for his willingness to just step out and speak today. Just such a good step, and that he will continue to do that, not neglect the gift, but stir it up. Lord, may we all do that in Jesus' name. Come, Lord. Let's just bless him. Yeah. Come, Lord. Thank you, Father. Whoa. Well, let's stand, if you can, physically. And um, I want to bless you. Just to pray for one another. Have coffee. Sign out your kids in a few minutes. Don't forget your kids when you leave. So may the Lord bless you. <laughs> and keep you, and cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.